Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. Once again, thank you for joining us right here on Heart to Heart. We really, really appreciate you. As I always say, could have been anywhere in the world. I mean, it's it's such a, a busy season still. We are in Jan, but it's still a little bit busy. Um, you know, and you chose to be right here on 657 AM. We really do appreciate you. That's where you find us. Alternatively, we are on Twitter. That is at 657 AM. That's where you find us in terms of our social media reach. We are also on Facebook. If you haven't liked our page as yet, please do so. We are also on Instagram at Radio Pulpit at 657 AM on Twitter. We have a website. It's www.radiopulpit.co.za. We're joined on the line by Pastor Tabang Mofuking. Moruti, thank you so much for joining us for the first time. Yep. Indeed, indeed, indeed. The Lord is always good. Yeah, I'm just imagining we'll be saying compliments from now until March. <laughs> You know, until, until very close to, to Easter, right? Like, until very close ooh, to Easter. Wow. It's it compliments. <laughs> the whole way. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. what are we talking about today? Well, I'll say, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's a phrase, it's a sentence, actually, that I think is, is powerful, at least to me, um, that is found in Mark chapter 5. Um, from verse 21 to 24, but specifically this sentence is found in 24. It, it is such a powerful thing to me. It, it says, and he went with him. And he, the, the he there refers to Jesus Christ. He says, and Jesus went with him. So, so that's what I want to talk about. Obviously, then one would need to um, unbundle the whole thing to say, who's the him, who's the he, and wh- why go with him, where to, so that what happens, and all those kind of things. But, but, but the idea is, in the new year, you know, and, 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 and how about we make sure that indeed we draw the attention of the Lord such that indeed he goes with us. Mm-hmm. The context of that whole verse is of people that are surrounding him. They are there with him, but somebody comes in and he, around whom people congregate, decides to up and go with this latecomer, so to speak. Mm. You know, so, so that's why I say it's powerful to me. And that's what I would want to talk about, the idea that Christ, you know, goes with a person who means business, who knows what Christ is all about, who comes for that which Christ is all about, and would not be let down, would, not, would refuse flat out to be denied. And when Christ goes with that person, there's are the other people who may be congregating and, and who may therefore pose some kind of a, a, a hindrance of sorts, you know, to, to a person who really is very serious with the Lord. Amen. That's what I want to talk about. All right, Maruji, let's take it away. All right. So, I'll see. Um, yeah, the, the other time in December, I had read around basically the same, not necessarily the same text, but the same chapter of Mark chapter 5. And, and then, in a Gibuaka, um, the story, you know, of the first 20 verses, the story of that man who was demon-possessed, and the, the, the family and friends had tried everything and they had failed, and the man was living by the graves, and Christ came just for him, and, 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 and that. And now, verse 21 talks about Christ leaving that side. 
and crossing over, depending on which version of the English Bible specifically that one reads, uh, and crossing over. And even in December, I indicated, I like, I just am in love with the idea of crossing over, simply because, you know, the times of December towards yeah. January, there's a lot of crossing over. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> very, very true. A lot of There's a lot happens. of crossing over that people are doing. So, so how about a text that talks about crossing over? You know what? So, <laughs> so yeah, so, so Jesus there in chapter 5 was, in, was on this other side, a side that on the map of, of, of Palestine today or um, whatever we choose to call it then, Israel, on the map. This was the site that was known as the site in which 10 Gentile cities were found, the Gentiles having to do with their stature towards the, 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 the face of Israel. These were people that were not part of the Israel uh, fraternity, so to speak. These were people who had their own gods, so most probably Greeks and other, other people there. Now, Jesus had gone that side, and he's coming over to the side where he is known, where a side where people expect him, where people know him, where people rush out to congregate around him. And, and, and that's the thing. So he crosses over to that side. He's living that side where people had problems, struggled to solve their problems, and ultimately just fell into desperation, not knowing what else to do. And when he, Christ comes into their, uh, their, their space, they recognize that he helps them, but they do not know still what to do with him. So he, he leaves them there. He goes to the side. People decide, no, Christ. They expect him. They go out to him. Wherever he is, they seek him out. They go there. Now, verse 21 to 24, um, it, it reads, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him. So we see a congregation around Christ. And he was beside the sea. Okay, so he's just coming out of the boat next to the sea. And there is this congregating taking place. Then 22 says, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, seeing Christ, he fell at his feet and besought him, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her so that she may be well, made well and leave. And verse 24, that's the theme. And he went with him. Interestingly, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. I, I also like the use of, of, of wits, the way that he used it. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so here's the layout as far as I imagine it. Jesus comes to the site that people know him. They expect him, they look, they look for him, they congregate around him, and so this is the situation. Until another person comes in, another person comes in who has a bending problem at the home, in the home, and this is Jairus, and then we told something about him, that he is a leader of the synagogue. So he's a religious leader, a spiritual leader, uh, a person of some importance in the, in the community, and, so, and, and a father too. He comes to Christ, he has a burning need, an urgent need. My, my daughter is about to die. Please come, lay your hands, make, 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 uh, raise her up, so to speak. Let, let her leave. And at that moment, I look at the crowd that surrounds Christ. And in my head, what I see and what happens is that 
this crowd that is around Jesus Christ, that knows him, that expects him, that rushes out wherever he is, this crowd, when you look at it from the angle of this father, somehow poses a challenge, a challenge to a specific kind of a person who, when you come and you find people already there, it is a bit daunting to actually reach out to the person that you may have come to, 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 to see because you already find people there. I don't want to. And, and so you may not necessarily want to. Because you are not the first person to arrive at the venue. There are already other people. So, so, so I look at the crowd, see the crowd constituting some kind of a challenge to Jairus in this, in this instance. But of course, we also notice something interesting that Jairus does not allow this crowd to become a challenge to him because he forges his way, that's how I see it happening, he forges his way to Christ, falls before him, and represents himself and the need at his house. And Jesus, we don't know, the scripture does not tell us what he was busy with. We only know that he's there at the, at, at the shore, shoreline and that he's surrounded by people that were expecting him and that have woken up to meet with him but jesus decides okay i'm, I'm coming whatever else was going on here somehow dwindles in importance and he ups and he goes and for me i was in this is powerful but this is exactly the point that i, I would want to raise with the listeners of heart to heart to say you know sometimes particularly because it's the beginning of the year and there is always this sense of freshness of, you know, we enter into a new season, a fresh year, a new year, uh, new expectations. May the year not be like the last year mm. for the most part, you know. <laughs> last year was rough. May this be my year, you know, and, mm. and there are slogans that, that, are, that are thrown around to, to, to hype us into the newness of the, of the situation that we're getting ourselves in. I, I just want to raise this specific issue and out, that it looks to me that there is something of worth in a person who knows and fully understands and owns their problem enough to also know where the solution to that problem lies and goes after the solution. A person who understands their problem, understands the agency attached to that problem, is aware of the nature of solution needed, knows where that solution is, goes after that solution, and would not allow self to in any way be denied. Hmm. You know, go out. Go all out. And, 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 and this I take from the behavior of Jairus, a man who comes and finds that Christ is surrounded and, and could easily be deterred to represent himself to Christ because already with the crowd surrounding, I, I, I imagine there could have not been, it could not have been easy to actually come so close to Christ. There are already people around him. But this man makes it a point that he gets to where Jesus is and that he gets to tell Jesus exactly what the problem is at his house. And he seems not to care much about everything else going on. He just says to Jesus, please come. And to his luck, if you like, the favor he finds with Christ is that Christ ups and goes. And the crowd does what I think they were all this time doing, which is just to follow Christ. These are people who follow Christ. And I would want to use this 
when I was in, uh, metaphorically to say, you see that there, there is the issue of people surrounding Christ, people being in church, people being known as Christians, which we are not about to take away from anyone, but there is the issue of people who persist to get the attention of the Lord. There's the issue of people who love hanging around yeah. an environment, who, in the language of Amma 2000, these are people who love hanging around the place because there's a vibe mm. there they like. But in the meantime, they are not accessing the very core of what that whole situation is all about. Mm. This is what I look at and see. A people who are around Jesus, who would follow him, but for some reason may even be a drain on Christ because he speaks and speaks and speaks. Do we know what they're doing with with what he says? (laughs) We don't know. Is, is, it, is it possible that none of them have a problem that needs Christ to attend to? It's difficult to imagine that. But somebody comes with a specific clarity of purpose and manages to secure Christ's attention. And that person is able to have Christ going with him. And as you would know, the story ultimately where it ends, of course, the solution, uh, the, uh, the, the, the problem being resolved by Christ who chose to up and go with him. So, so, so this is the issue that I want to impress on the listener. The importance of, not, of, of, of making sure that you are very clear about your issues, you are very clear about the solution to your issues, and you go out to where the solution is, and you secure the solution because it is there to be secured. And you do not allow yourself in any way to be deterred by anything. Because that solution, if that solution is is indeed the solution to your problem, then it must be applied onto your problem. Your problem needs to be resolved. That is is, is an important thing. There is another angle here that, that, that I think I could also throw in. When you link the story with the story in John chapter 9, um, the story of a blind man, uh, I'm not going to get into the discussion that happens between Christ and, 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 and his disciples because of this blind man. Of course, they, they want to know uh, whose problem, who's the source of this problem that the man is blind, forever wanting to blame. It's, it's very much like most of us who would want to find a blame for whatever else is going wrong in our lives. And sometimes things don't have a blame. You just can't. Find, you can't pin it down onto anybody. But this man gets healed. He gets his sight back. And after that, other people take him to the Pharisees and, 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 and because, because the man was healed on a, on a Sabbath and there were very strict rules about what to do and what not to do. And this was seen as some kind of work that was done and there was a prohibition against working on the Sabbath. So they take him to the, to, to the Pharisees and the Pharisees ask him specifically who did what, who did help him, who helped him. And this man says, well, Jesus did. And... And then there is this conversation that goes on between the Pharisees and this man. And, and within that conversation, it's very interesting. About ten times you have, a, 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 you have the word know and what one does not know being bandied around. I know, you know, we know, we don't know, and all, all those kind of things. But ultimately the man says, look, 
all I know is that I was blind and now I see. Another very powerful thing. That's all I know. I was blind and now I see. But before we get to that point, there is this interesting thing of his parents saying, yes, indeed, this is our son. But as to how he knows, we do not know. Um, we think he is old enough to represent himself as to how he has come to know, uh, to, to be able to see. But then John tells a story to say, actually, it was not entirely true that they didn't know. And what they were doing was simply this, that the, that the Pharisees, there was a rule, a command sent out that whoever would say Jesus was the Christ, that person was going to be taken out, expelled from the synagogue. Hmm. Now, to understand the importance of that, you would need to do this. You see, because today we have options, right? Uh, the synagogue and the temple were the only spiritual places for, for, for the Jews back then. And they are linked in a sense. The, the temple is where the Sadducees, the priests, are. So there, there are all these rituals of sacrifices and whatnot going on there, the temple. The synagogues are places of worship, fellowship, reading of scripture. And they are mostly uh, Pharisaic. They are spaces that are inherited by Pharisees. If you are told we will expel you from the synagogue, you know you have nowhere else to go. God is attached to the synagogue and the temple. It's not like today. If one church somehow expels you, you don't necessarily have to stay at home. You can mm, go to another can church. Go to another one. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell them, yeah, this one thing they own the church. Well, I'll just go to that other church. <laughs> and, and you may find that you, you will be very well welcomed in another church without anyone asking any kind of questions, which is not always the most ethical thing to do mm, and the most mm. pastoral thing, by the Eish. way, to do. Not, That's true. not always. That's it is much more pastoral to ask where people come from mm. and why they left where they left. You know, because sometimes you may have to attend to this person. This person may be the kind of person who does not take rebuke. Exactly. They need it. Exactly. Mruti, you might find yourself inheriting other people's problems. Often we do. <laughs> <laughs> With the pews that are filling up, we often find ourselves inheriting uh, problems hey. because we never ask. Unknowing. Who are you? Hey. You know, who are you? <laughs> and then you what give that person. What you up? Exactly. What happened? Did. Why are you here? <laughs> and then with, with sometimes without asking those questions, you entrust that particular person with your pulpit or even more sometimes. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And in the meantime, there is a brother, a sister in Christ, a, former, a, a, a colleague, who is looking at you and wondering what's going on. I often do, I know, in as much as others may be doing the same about me, I often ask at the pastoral ethics of, of some of my colleagues. <laughs> I was helping this person. I was helping this person. And this person decides to up and go because they have too many options. <laughs> They do not want to be helped. They'd rather up and go. <laughs> and then my, my colleague receives this person without saying, Hey, Mwanakwen, Otsuakai. You know, that, that, that kind of thing. It, it, it's, it's weird sometimes, but we do that stuff. <laughs> we do that stuff. Now, now, for the Jews at the time of Christ, having, in particular from John chapter 9, having issued this particular rule that whoever acknowledges Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the chosen, the anointed one, the one, the one expected by every Jew, devout Jew, to just say Jesus is that, 
was enough to get a person expelled from the synagogue. Expelling from the synagogue meant literally you are outside of the space of God because, because all the synagogues are manned by the same people, literally. They are part of the same organization, so to speak. So, so you would not want to get yourself to a point where you lose, in, in inverted commas, your salvation like that. So the parents say, you know what? Ask him. We are not getting involved. <laughs> Ask him who healed him. He's of age. Now, take that when I was in court, then, and, rem- and, and then see it this way. If the Jewish r- rulership, particularly from the synagogue point of view, had issued this into their synagogues, and now you see that Jairus is actually a, a, a synagogue leader, right? He's a, he's a leader of a synagogue who comes out knowing that actually Jesus, uh, despite all the decisions we make, uh, he, he's, he's the very one we are expecting. So he goes out to seek for help uh, in the family. Maybe it should also allow me to do something else when I was to say something else that is important, which is this. I, I, have you observed how easy it is for all of us to say stuff about things in life and people mm. so long we are not involved experientially? <laughs> and and the day we get to experience what other people have experienced and about whom we spoke very negatively, we change our tune. Now we understand, and now we want everybody to understand. I always consider that unfair on everybody else. If if I and and, and I shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> this one, but if I for whatever reason do not have a credit card, mm. not that people should have credit cards. Nice. But if I do not have a credit card, or I had a credit card and, and I could not handle it properly, and it got me in such trouble, and, 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 and so I've now come to have this negative attitude towards it because I got into trouble, but of course I have a platform. So I use my platform to declare credit card a tool of the devil because, <laughs> because I, was, I had a terrible relationship with, with, with it in my life. So now I declare it on the pulpit, a tool of the devil, and I say to people, cut it. There are people who have a different relationship to the one I have with that. So such that then it becomes an unfair thing sometimes to, to always speak from the base of only our experiences individually and not see broader than just ourselves. There are many other examples we could throw around. I like the fact that this man though he is part of the leadership that may have announced, depending on whether John 9 was before or after the incident at his house, Jairus. I'm just fascinated by this fact that when it came down to what is going on in his house, he knew that he needed Christ to solve it. And he went after Christ to say, there's a problem in my house. I need you to come and solve that problem. And it is even better that Christ stands up, not thinking about the people around him, and goes and follows him to render a, a help that is necessary in the life of Jairus, a thing that should be a, a, a point of concern for all of us, that we do not constitute the crowd around Christ that only follows when other people are getting what they could get from Christ. We're just following around we're not allowing his words to sink deep into our lives. We're not allowing his words to heal and restore us, to elevate, if, if, if possible, to elevate our understanding of the things of the Lord. We just are happy to be found in the presence of Christ 
but there are people who are actually being transformed, people who are developing testimony for being around Christ. So that's that when I was in Port, that I felt, uh, you know, as we are in this new year, let's start with that. Give your faith wings. Explore life with 657 AM.